Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. Cameron, do you believe that that new pig Pokemon is called Lechonk? Lechonk? What do you think it is? Uh, I think it's Lechonk. You think it's Lechonk? Okay. I do. I do. I I was Uh, in that camp for the longest time this morning, but then I started thinking about it because of the way uh, Spanish is with like CH and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Strong, yeah now now question. we have to wait for like the anime or something to say it. We're gonna have to wait for the <laughs> for the Lechonk uh, Strikes Back, the uh, animated feature <laughs> film. Also with us, we have indie games editor Campbell Gill. No matter how you pronounce it, we believe in Lechonk supremacy in this house. We, that's because right, he's yes. a chonky boy, no matter what. He is a Lechonky boy. Uh, sorry, Bidoof, get the hell out. Um, mm-hmm. We oh, are. Well, Chalk has a round boy supremacy oh, of Pokemon I, now. I don't know about that. I, uh, uh, yeah, if you just if you just heard like some lightning uh, strike, that was uh, me being smited for my <laughs> my Bidoof opinions. Um, we are of course referring to the uh, we had more of an in depth trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and it also got a release date for this coming fall. So we had a, a short maybe three-minute trailer uh, earlier this morning, just released. Uh, thoughts, impressions? How are we feeling about this little more glimpse into the latest generation of Pokemon? This trailer, we're going to talk about another trailer later, but this trailer was so poorly edited. I le- The content <laughs> uh, actually yeah. has me very interested, but the um, it, it's just so poorly edited. Like I, I, I don't know who does the editing at the Pokemon company for these videos, but this oh, sure. is the third time. Like, again, Legends Arceus and Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, just the advertisements were just, those initial reveals were just so off. And this one feels, again, just so clobbered I that. together. I, it's quite I, dry. Yeah, It's a little dry. I feel that's not, listen, I don't think it's, as you as you just alluded to, Mark, I feel like whoever is in charge of the the trailers for Game Freak just is, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, they're, they may be getting paid like below minimum wage or something. You know what I mean? Like clearly they do not, you know what I mean? I mean, I, listen, obviously I don't, I don't know what they're actually getting paid, but I'm saying like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's not the priority for them. They're just kind of like, Oh, we need a trailer. You need it when tomorrow. Oh yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get uh Billy. Are you, Billy, are you still in the office? Yeah. Yeah. We got, we'll get Billy on. Like that's how it feels. Um, I kind of agree with you. I don't think it was like an amazing trailer, but then once you focus on like the content of the trailer, I think it's. I think it was some intriguing uh, uh, questions, uh, an upcoming you know uh, uh, questions answered, questions uh, posed. I think I'm 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 a little more sold in this game than I was uh, earlier the last time we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campbell, what about you? What are your first first thoughts and impressions? Yeah, I'm right in Mark's camp where I thought it was a relatively underwhelming trailer, but it got the job done, really. It was clearly meant to focus on the new and returning Pokemon, and it 
did that job well. I mean, just take a look at Twitter and see how LeChonk has been trending all day, you know, and That's fan true. art has already been made. It's crazy. Um, so, and, but frankly, like, I think that the most exciting thing about this game is all the stuff that wasn't in the, these trailers. Like, they mm-hmm. announced, uh, I think over Twitter, actually, that it's a fully open world game that you can explore freely without being limited by story events or anything at all. Like, that's crazy you know and it's a bummer that they didn't show off anything like that open-ended exploration in the trailer itself but you know it certainly did pique my interest at the very least yeah um yeah i, I liked the returning pokemon they showcased big venonet fan over here um was it starly that i saw the little bird um I think Starly might have been in there. I feel like I feel like I saw Starly. Um, so I only knows, watched so... it like once this morning. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen it since uh, since I woke up this morning. So I've, I've watched it twice actually. Uh, well, all right. Then. What do we think about the new legendaries? What are they? They look they? fine. Literally, <laughs> what are these things? They're like salamander guys. Kind of. Okay. Well, one of the, the I don't remember the names yet. The red guy is clearly a salamander, but the other did they, thing did they even say like, the names? They did say the names. They oh. mentioned them over Twitter. It's like Corymon and something or Corydon. One's Violet and one's Scarlet. It's on the cover. Uh, oh. That's true. Yes, oh. but that Violet one. I don't even know what it is. It's some sort of robotic eggplant, it looks it's like. like a, it's like a robo-dragon. <laughs> it's weird. Also, the silhouette uh, for the robo-dragon guy is uh, questionable, to say the least. Go it's got in. a weird <laughs> bubble in its chest, which is kind of interesting. You could say that. Rewind the trailer at some point. You'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, certainly more intrigued than I was a little while ago. I... I will say, and Mark, feel free to disagree with me here. I don't think that it didn't look as though there were as many, like, gameplay and frame rate issues in this trailer as there were in the Arceus trailer. Yeah, I I don't remember. Yeah, frame rate definitely wasn't bothering me when I was watching it. I did notice a lot of, like, pop-in texture problems Mm, still. There uh, were occasional frame rate issues that I noticed. Like, in the scenes where it shows, like, the four trainers meeting up and they're running away, like, it suddenly, like, when it zooms out, it becomes a slideshow for a quick second. Uh, So, uh, it's not, like, it seems to be looking at least a little better than Arceus, but that is a very low bar to pass. (laughs) (laughs) It's a low bar to clear. Yeah, Yeah, I guess, obviously, we're not going to know more about that until until the, the trailers are closer to a finalized build. Um, the four-player co-op thing, I think, is extremely interesting. Um, I wonder how they're going to carry that off. It may, kind of makes me think of, like, Pokemon Go raid battles, in a way. I, yeah, they had something similar to that in uh, Sword and Shield with the Dynamax battles, where you can invite right. players to, like, fight with you in the battles. So I think that's going to, they're going to, like, expand upon that approach in this game. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, uh... I think it's a fun idea. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's all hypothetical. Like, I don't know what you would do in in a Pokemon game with multiple people, um, but I guess I guess we'll find out. Like, I, I think it's a fun it's a fun experiment to, uh, to to dwell on. I guess we'll I guess we'll see a little closer to release. Um, do we want to jump right to Sonic, or do you anything else you want to say about Pokemon here? All the new characters are incredibly hot. Oh yeah, <laughs> just As gotta it. say that the, the male professor is well. Firstly, he looks exactly like that Chad meme. You know, he uh, does. The which goatee. is like, as soon as I saw the goatee, I was like, oh. they put Chad in Pokemon. This is incredible, <laughs> Professor Chad. Professor Chad. Uh, yeah, 
reporting for duty. Did yeah, they that's... say? Did they say which version the Chad professor is in? Because <laughs> it's like uh, one are professor. They in both? Per, I think it's one professor per version. I thought. Is oh, it interesting? I thought so. That would be odd. Be- that would be odd. It would be uh, weird, but whichever one the Chad professor is in, that's the one I'm picking up. So I don't know if they would. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they'd do that, locking a professor to one version of the game. I don't I mean, know. Who could, who could say? Who could say, Mark? We also who, who we also didn't think they released an entire mainline Pokemon game less than this a year. year. After, <laughs> you know what I mean? So who, technically, who true. Three yeah. mainline Pokemon games in one year. This yeah. Is yeah. Weird. All the all the, all the rules are the rules are out the window. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that's a, a good a good point, Campbell. Everybody is very hot. Um, well well said. Thank you. Um, yes. You want to know it's not hot? Tell Sonic me. Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> oh, okay, Lord. so we had a game a seven minute gameplay trailer for Sonic Frontiers, the open world upcoming Sonic game, uh, which is coming out next year. Presumably this Maybe year, they this said year? this holiday. But Campbell, I feel so bad for you because I know you're a Sonic <laughs> fan, but every time something's good. It's coming, just just beaten down, uh-huh. just mortified yeah. by what's yeah. coming. And one thing I should add as well is IG, this was part of IGN's month-long showcase and everything where they showed off this trailer. Before showing the new gameplay, they said that it will be coming out soon. They didn't say this winter or this holiday. So mm-hmm. soon. already you, it's not sounding good. I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll get to the more in-depth to the trailer in a minute here, but do you think that is an optimistic reading? Do you think it's... Oh, I, I, I hope it's not coming out this year after what they displayed. Uh, but just to start getting into it, it was probably the m- most underwhelming debut for gameplay they could have possibly done. Like, okay, so they debuted the seven-minute trailer today. It was supposed yes. to be the big blow-up. But yesterday, they showed off a 30-second teaser, which ironically was way more exciting than this full-on blowout. Like, that 30-second mm. teaser had action, it showed exploration, it showed high-speed gameplay. It was like everything you want to see in an open-world Sonic game. But then, right. in today's gameplay, all we had was seven minutes of Sonic running around aimlessly in a Sorry, giant, you said, okay, I wanna, empty I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. You mm-hmm. said the word Sonic running around aimlessly. I don't want to... <laughs> I want to push back on the <laughs> because well, uh, well, you couldn't see, but I was doing air quotes with that. Okay, so, thank you. There you yeah, go. Because he is moving quickly in an aimless fashion, perhaps. Uh-huh. <laughs> because the anim just start digging into it. The animations are so underwhelming with this. Um, there's no sense of momentum or speed going along with this, and he that, even defies yeah. physics to start rail grinding upwards with no momentum at all which is just like how does that even happen are his shoes like fitted out like with little rollerblades rocket shoes yeah Yeah, i was thinking about that because you know in prior 3d sonic games sonic has always been able to like run up walls and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but it's always been there's like momentum Momentum. to it but in this case it was like or something yeah there was just like nothing to this yeah so here's the thing i want to dial back a bit and talk about what the promise of an open world sonic game is because a few weeks ago we were talking about sonic mania and about classic sonic games what made those games great were two things momentum and exploration you know you could build up momentum go super fast and the levels were huge with lots of different nooks and crannies for you to explore depending on how much momentum you could build up it was a great marriage of gameplay ideas and an open world sonic game obviously has great potential to realize that in a 3d space you know the larger the environment the more possibilities for exploration and stuff and the more possibilities for you to build up speed but what they showed today was basically no possibilities for getting faster or slower or whatever. You're just walking quickly 
in giant empty fields with random puzzles strewn throughout, defying physics as wherever you go. There's just no point to it. And mm. it just, what I think is most perplexing about this is, to me, this seems like it's just a failure of marketing, most of all, because mm. if they had put together like a snazzy action-packed trailer that showed a bunch of combat scenes along with exploration, this would have gotten great. a lot of hype. It would have been fantastic. But instead, they wanted to start, like they said beforehand, we're showing off the world and exploration today. Why would you do that in this kind of game? <laughs> yeah, Why would well, you open with that? It just doesn't make like, sense. I like as we okay as we've not. I feel like we do a lot of like like wish wish casting on this on this show um mm -hmm, like right. oh man i wish that it was like the you know what i mean but i i i i like the idea of sonic frontiers like yeah big huge world that you can just blaze through at supersonic speed like that actually sounds kind of fun to me but i think i i totally agree with both of you and that what they showed really did not live up to that promise it was like a lot of stopping and starting and mm -hmm. maybe that was like intentional they're trying to show like look if you look around, there's like puzzles to solve or whatever, but it felt very stop and go. Yes, th those um, puzzles are completely antithetical to what Sonic is all about. Oh yeah, we you all know that. Our, yeah, we all know that the best part of any Sonic game is Pumpkin Hill Zone from Sonic Adventure Two Battle, right? Yeah, where well, you're okay. knuckles and you're digging up treasure. Everybody loves doing <laughs> the that, sound, right? Okay, <laughs> ironically, Pumpkin Hill was the only good Knuckles level in Sonic Adventure Two. Um, <laughs> okay, but but remove but yes. the soundtrack and. <laughs> And, and, yes, and exactly. examine that again. This okay, but speaking thing in space. Yes, but speaking <laughs> of soundtracks, though, yeah. what the heck What's was going yeah. on in this trailer? Because <laughs> when you think of Sonic and you think of music, what do you think of? You think Action, of Crush Forty, right? Yeah. You think of Dad Butt Rock music or something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead, what we had was Breath of the Wild esque piano tinkling. Again, Which was why so, exactly so antithetical to Sonic? And it would be one thing if it was like, okay, when you're like maybe as you build momentum, like the the guitar kicks in or so. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if it was like a mm -hmm, like right. a Spider-Man style thing where like you know when you jump off a building in, in Spider-Man for, for yeah, PS4, and the, and the music like, swells the music up, swells yeah. up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't that be badass? It's like as you're like getting momentum as with Sonic, like the soundtrack starts to like kind of fade in and get really rock and roll. Like that would be awesome. It'd be incentive to keep going fast and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, as it stands, it's just kind of like weird, like ambient noise. I don't know. Yeah, um, like, and I should also add, even Breath of the Wild, which pioneered the whole open world with tinkly piano music idea, um, right. even that has music building up in response to your actions. You know, like yes. when you're riding your horse around for a very long time, the music builds up. You start getting classic Zelda themes that start playing over that tinkly piano. Like even Breath of the Wild did that. So it sounds like Sonic Team just looked at Breath of the Wild and took all of the wrong lessons from it. <laughs> That's what they displayed yeah. in this. You know what it reminds Reminded me of Immortals Phoenix Rising. If you guys remember oh, that, yeah, game. I remember you. Yeah. You reviewed yeah. that. That was for, like the anti yeah. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I hope. I, I hope that they're gonna look at the you know the comments from this game and say we need more time and we need to fix some stuff. But this is Sega, so it can either be absolutely horrible or absolutely incredible. There's like no in between for this company. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a bummer altogether because I was so hyped from yesterday's teaser. It looked really great, but what they showed was just so boring today. And what the one thing that's hopeful about this is that, like we mentioned earlier, they specifically said this is all about the exploration 
and the world. And the gameplay, the whoever was playing or capturing the footage was specifically avoiding a lot of landmarks and enemies even throughout the world. So potentially this was just a really bad showcase of it. And when you're actually playing the game and seeing what there is to do, it could be a little better if you're not just right. roaming around that's, And that's the thing. It's like, obviously, this is a very early look. We're dunking on this pretty hard, like, obviously. But it's like, yeah. well, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's one of those things where, as as Mark alluded to, it's possible maybe they'll, like, take some feedback. Again, I think the they bones are... Sonic the, 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 yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, the idea is extremely interesting. Like, I think, it's, I think it could be great. And honestly, like, I don't know. I've never thought, like... Sonic levels were, and feel free to come at me for this, I've never felt like Sonic levels were particularly well designed, you know? So it's like maybe it makes sense to kind of loosen the level design and kind of let it be more open world. But at the same time, everybody loves Sonic for the speed and momentum, and we got none of that from mm-hmm. this seven-minute gameplay trailer. This is the, uh, the Sonic cycle, the classic Sonic cycle, what I like to call, and it's you get oh. this really nice CGI trailer gorgeous on all platforms that you want it to be on see the first glimpse of gameplay it's like a 30 second teaser looks promising and then everything just starts to come out yep that's unfortunately all downhill from here and speaking of downhill and speaking of platforms this is coming to switch and what they displayed in this trailer was already riddled with pop-in and draw distance issues. I can't imagine they were capturing this on Switch. Mm-hmm. What is this the going ga- to look The gameplay they like? showed was running on, like, PS5. You think so? Was that confirmed? I believe so. I remember seeing something about that. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I assumed looking at those either captured on a high-end PC or one of the more powerful consoles. But, like... I I shudder at whatever monstrosities this is going to be <laughs> on it's Nintendo's like, console. Like trying to be optimistic, trying to be optimistic, but uh, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah, like I'll probably end up playing this on Switch just because you know we're on the Nintendo podcast. But I can't imagine this going to be the ideal experience for this mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. and it's just really a shame. Everything about this is just a shame <laughs> so far. Yeah, listen, I'm let's 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 try to let's try to bring it back up a little bit. I'm, no. I don't know. I, yeah. I Campbell says no. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be great. Um, I think it'll be. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, even if it's like parts of it are good, like mm-hmm. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, like, and the thing is, like IGN is still rolling out apparently a month of new gameplay footage and interviews and all that kind of stuff. So there's still time for more information to come out, more footage to be revealed that maybe raises our hopes a little bit. It's just, right. it, but if that's the case, and if there is really great stuff with it, why would they open with such an underwhelming trailer? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah, that was baffling. Yeah. Right. Um, anything else we want to say about Sonic Frontiers? Obviously, we're gonna. Well, if if anything else interesting comes up about this game in the coming few weeks, like obviously we'll talk about it. But I think first impressions, eh, eh, not great. But hopefully things will change in the future. Versus uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, first impressions maybe a little more positive, but obviously a lot of unknowns. A lot of mysteries to uh, to account for, um, so I guess that's kind of the kind of the dose on our first impressions segment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, you see more of both. It's all we're going to see more of both. Mm-hmm. We're going to see more of both, and we'll have more to say as more things are revealed. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about something else. So hang, hang tight. And we'll be right back. <laughs>
back. Uh, so we uh, we got a couple couple little collections, a collection of collections, if you will, to uh, to go over today. Uh, Mark, you've been playing a little bit of uh, your favorite uh, circle with a pizza slice taken out of uh, Pac-Man. The Pac was it Pac-Man Museum? What's it called? Uh, Pac-Man Museum Plus. Pac-Man Museum Plus. Oh, perfect. To go along with uh, Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and all of that stuff. Perfect. <laughs> of course. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Pac-Man Museum Plus? So it's weird. Pac-Man Museum Plus is essentially a new iteration of Pac-Man Museum, which came out back in 2014, except this collection oh. does not have any Miss Pac-Man content because the rights behind Miss Pac-Man is like a really big issue that I can't explain to you because it, uh, it's been going on for a really long time now, which is why Bandai Namco hasn't released any Miss Pac-Man content. I don't know if you guys knew that, but uh, that's the reason that, behind that one. Now I know. But uh, so the original Pac-Man Museum came with um, nine games, I believe. And this one comes with 14. So this one comes with uh, Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-and-Time, Pac-Man Arrange- Arrangement, which there's two versions of that in this collection, uh, Championship Edition, Pac-Modos, Pac-and-Roll Remix, Pac-Man 256, and Pac-Man Battle Royale which uh, the collection overall, really good lineup of games for the most part. There are only like a few misfires in here, which even then is just like an opinion. But uh, even though the content in this collection is really good, I think it kind of hinders the purpose of a collection and it strays a fine line between convenience and content because it has really great content, but the convenience of the whole collection is just kind of all over the place. It's supposed to replicate like this um, virtual arcade feel where you can customize your own little arcade and yeah, that, that's do become, stuff like that in it. That's become more and more common with these kinds of collections, which I think is a, I think it's a great move, like in general, mm-hmm. um, when they do this kind of like the Namco Museum collection. Like I think that's all great. We kind of move around a virtual space. And yeah, it's a games. it's a great idea, but the problem with it here is that it's just not executed well. And the whole concept is just, like, hampered. Like, the arcade space is so small that it's, like, you can't really customize it that much. And yet there's, like, a lot of unlockables for it. But it's, like, so cramped on space. And then uh, there's, like, a gachapon machine that you can get uh, different... Just like Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It's, like, different little Pac-Man statues that you could place around the arcade. And then there's, like, a vending machine that has, like, different benches and signs and stuff like that that you could place around. But um, it, it focuses a lot on trying to make this digital arcade that it gets lost in trying to be what every good collection should be, which is convenient. Because it starts mm. to overcomplicate things with its setup, and not every machine is present at the beginning. Like, you actually, some machines have multiple games in them, so you have to place multiple machines to make sure that there's, you know, like multiple, so that way you don't have to run and switch between or do any of that nonsense. Or you could just click the start button, which is what I do, and it gives you a scrolling menu, which is oh, a sure. million times better. Just right. way better to use, more convenient. I personally prefer that. But um, it, it's a shame because it, it's like such a well-executed lineup of content. But again, the convenience is just completely hampered you don't have every on every um game when you start up the title you actually have to unlock them there's like a progression to it which is really unwelcoming and just (laughs) it's not user friendly because it's like if you want to play pac-man battle royale like you gotta work for it 
There, there's some <laughs> stuff. You gotta that play is, some stuff. What do That's you horrible. What do you uh, What do you have to do to unlock things? Um, there's stuff like just playing through one of the games in the collection two times, and it's not like you could just go into the game and exit out. Like you literally have to get yourself killed in that game. Oh. <laughs> get like a game over screen, and then head back to the main menu, and then like that's one. Okay, do it again, and you have to do that twice, and it's like, it's like small annoying stuff like that just to dig into the really good stuff. So Bandai is encouraging you to hurt yourself in order to play good Pac-Man games. <laughs> games, yes. Well, the, that it's sounds such a awful. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, like the, that's the mediocre ones are very much like the, some of the first ones you have to play if you want to see everything that the collection has to offer. And there's other problems with the collection. It's like your typical like emulation problems with like V-Sync, some minor control hiccups in one game, but it's nothing like that kills the ultimate experience. Like this is mm. still a really great Pac-Man experience and it has a great lineup of games. Mm. It's just a shame that the collection has a lot of like this garbage, not garbage, but just like a lot of poorly made ideas just surrounding it when it should have just been a simple scrolling menu with some nice extras like you know just how any other collection should be right it's just it's over it's over complicated for games that require one single button (laughs) right Uh, how many do you know how many games are unlocked at the start um i believe five or six and there's 14 in the collection. Oh, so you have a lot of work to do to unlock all of the games. Yeah, you really, yeah, love, you gotta work love for to, it. Love to feel like my leisure time is work. I love it. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not too much work, to be honest, but there are some that are like, packing time, like to die in that game, you gotta lose all three lives. Pac-Man has a health meter. It's like a platformer. It's not like your typical arcade Pac-Man game. Which, by the way, there's like a few different types of Pac-Man games in this collection some are from consoles the majority are from arcade pack and time is one of the few which is like a platformer but it's just um it's just odd like this should just be like a scrolling yeah. menu with some fun extras and instead mm-hmm. it has this really just awkward hub world that's just mm-hmm. so inconvenient yeah, and to Cameron's point, that is work, <laughs> you know, when you're having is, to just yeah. <laughs> do the, do this tedious monotony, you know, in order just to unlock another game. Like, that is entirely counter to the purpose of a collection mm-hmm. altogether. It's nobody very pl- counterintuitive. Nobody yeah. plays a collection to play each game in order, you know? Like, when mm-hmm. I got the Sega Genesis collection, I didn't play all 50 games one after the other. Yeah. I hopped straight into Sonic, Sonic 2, you know? So that's just so such a bizarre decision. There is, a, there is a lot of positives in the progression system that they try and make. Like, there's a mission mm-hmm. system in each of the games to unlock tokens, to buy more Gachapon and stuff like that. It, uh... It's very challenging, and it like really gets you to want to just play more of these Pac-Man games. So in mm. that aspect, it's very successful. And there's an online leaderboard, which works great. It shows a lot of different statistics. It's great for completionists and just competitive players. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a standard Pac-Man collection. It's only um, $20 digitally, $30 physically. So if you want to play just like a bunch of Pac-Man games... Or just want like Championship Edition or Pac-Man Battle Royale for like a multiplayer local experience. I, I think it's a great game to pick up. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, yeah, you're you're kind of the Pac the Pac-Man enthusiast on this podcast, I would say, right? Right, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> I played <laughs> yes, a few. <laughs> yes. but, yeah, but, but, you, but you feel like this? You feel like this? Like is despite the inconvenience of some of the uh, choices. That yeah, they despite made, the inconvenience, it's a good game. I, I give it a thumbs up. Fair enough. 
Uh, even though Pac-Man has no thumbs, we are giving this a thumbs up. So mm. suck on that, Namco. And what about? Uh, <laughs> so on the other on the other side of the coin, kind of a a much I would say a much more obscure uh, franchise than Pac-Man. Oh yeah. Uh, Campbell has been reviewing the oh boy Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. In Monster, what's it? What is it? Wonder? Uh, is it just Wonder Boy? Is that what, is that the franchise? Yes. Okay. So it's primarily called Wonder Boy, but it also goes by Monster World and Monster yes. Land and Monster yes. Boy sometimes. It's uh, so <laughs> oh, kind of a mess. Kind of a, one of my favorite a... examples is in Japan. One of the games was called Wonder Boy Five colon Monster World Three. It's just <laughs> ten out of ten naming conventions. Like that is you know, Mark was talking nightmare. about licensing New Super issues. Mario, with... Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Advance Two, Yoshi's Island. Yeah, what a great like, title. Like I'm just saying, though, like you were talking about licensing issues with Miss Pac-Man. Like that is nothing compared to what Wonder Boy is going through. Like five yeah. separate companies have rights to the name. But anyway, we're what, getting way into it already. <laughs> Wonder Boy is the, the, the meme of the guy sitting at the table going, amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yes, yes. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, but that being said, uh, despite the uh, very weird naming conventions of this series, uh, what have you... Because I reviewed a Monster Boy... Oh, boy. Here, I already messed it up. I reviewed a... Uh, one of these games, they did a, re- <laughs> they did a remake of, I want to say was... Monster World four, 4. Monster World 4. It was the fourth one in the series, mm-hmm. uh, and it was called... Oh, my God. Wonder Boy, Asha, and Monster World. Wonder Boy, Asha, and Monster World. So I reviewed the remake of that game, and I really enjoyed it, uh, despite... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, as I was writing my review, I found out that the physical edition of that game, you could unlock the original... Uh, sprite work. You can rec- like the original version of the game oh, versus boy. the kind of updated polygonal style, uh, kind of the two and a half D graphics, and it was kind of disappointing to learn that it's like, wow, that's tied only to the physical edition. I would love to have that as like a special bonus feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, I really enjoyed the actual gameplay of the one that I reviewed. Campbell, what are you, what are your kind of experiences as you move through the series? Oh man! If, so first of all, I already enjoy them about the Wonder Boy series. I played uh, Wonder Boy. It, it's the original release is called Wonder Boy Three: The Dragon's Trap, which was uh, a few years ago remade as uh, I believe it was called. I think it was I think it was called Monster Boy the Dragon's Trap in that oh case. Yeah, I, I know. It's so I confusing. I can't lost. follow it all. But yeah. it was a really fantastic remake. Really got me interested in the series. And this collection is on its surface really an excellent overview of the series. So the Wonder Boy collection includes four games from throughout the series. Uh, two of them from the arcades originally and two of them from the Genesis. The included games are um, I'm literally pulling up a list right now to make sure I get them right. Uh, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy and Monster Land. Those were the first two games on the arcade, followed by Wonder Boy and Monster World on the Sega Genesis and Monster World 4, the one you played on the uh, the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. So it's really an excellent collection because one thing I love about the Monster World Wonder Boy series as I've been getting through it is like while Mario and Sonic were obviously the big wigs of the platforming genre and really created platformers as we know them in the 80s sure. and 90s. Wonder Boy, I'm realizing, was really like the weird experimental kid in the background, like doing so many weird things that bigger franchises wouldn't adopt until years later. So Wonder Boy games experimented with themes of action role-playing, exploration, shoot-em-up elements, 
odd overrunners, all these random elements all thrown into one series, and you really see that conveyed throughout the Wonder Boy collection. First game is a simple arcade runner. It's almost like an auto runner where you're just going from left to right. You have to get to the end of the level, jump over some obstacles, and you have to constantly be eating or else you'll starve to death while you're running. So you have to constantly be running and picking up food or else you're going to die. Um, and that gameplay loop is was actually adapted later into the Adventure Island game from Hudson Soft, uh, which is probably more well-known than the original Wonder Boy. But then as you get to the sequel, Wonder Boy and Monster Land, then you start to see it adapt some action role-playing elements into it. You're no, you no longer have a time limit. You're exploring these relatively large levels, fighting enemies, getting upgrades, getting spells, items, all this kind of stuff, which was actually quite impressive for an arcade game at the time. It was a full-fledged adventure. Then when you get onto the Genesis with Wonder Boy and Monster Land, you kind of had that dialed up to 11 with even more abilities, upgrades, and more open-ended exploration where you're going back and forth, getting new items that unlock new paths, kind of like a modern Metroidvania. This was obviously developed in the 90s, years before Metroidvanias would become more widespread, so it's really impressive from mm -hmm. a historical aspect. And then the last game in the series, or in the collection, Monster World 4, is definitely the best of the bunch. I know you already played the remake, Cameron. The original mm -hmm. version is fantastic as I'm well. Sure. Well, it it's looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. It's yeah. So, I, I... It's really, honestly, one of the best looking Sega Genesis games I think yeah. there is. Yeah. It is fantastic, and it also has a great sense of humor along with it, too. It's funny. It's yeah. like, it's, it's uh, again, I don't know how much of the remake like rewrites dialogue mm -hmm. or anything like that but like i found it to be like oh wow like like unexpectedly like this is this is kind of delightful yeah like, like right? it's quite meta like you go into the yes. first town and all the npcs every time you talk to an npc they just say something like monsters have been multiplying as of late there have been more monsters as of late and they all say that exact same line then you get to one character and he just says there have been more monsters as of late dot 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 npcs and rpgs always say stuff like that <laughs> which I, I played that i was like this game was Incredible. released in the 90s i love that you know it's pretty um, funny and the gameplay is fantastic along with that too so really what you have with these four games is such a cool bird's eye view of not only the development of the wonder boy series but of platformers as a whole as we're seeing the genre branch out into new gameplay elements so it's really cool that way and you yeah. know along with that you have a lot of the standard conveniences that come with retro collections you have rewind oh, sure. features fast forwards which are great you have save states um a handful of display options to make it look like it's on a crtv or right. make it 16 by 9 or squeezed into you know was a uh, just a square display um and that that's all well and good and great. And there's also a small, a fairly modest selection of artwork along with it too, including some uh, like box art, stuff like that. There's only like 20 images in the slideshow, which isn't great, but it's nice to have at the very least, along with a few blurbs describing the history of each game. And so, so far, so good. But then you start to get to a lot of things that are lacking in this collection. And it just starts mm. to dampen the entire experience because... First and foremost, um, there are no button mapping options in this. Um, I mean, you mm. can... Well, let me backtrack a little bit. You can button map a bit, but the way it works is so counterintuitive. It's not saying that the C button on the Genesis controller maps to the Y button on the Switch or anything like that. Instead, it says that the attack button maps to Y or the jump button maps to B. 
but that it poses a lot of issues when you're playing, for example, Wonder Boy in Monsterland, and it says press the C button. You have no idea what the C button oh, is, that's and there is terrible. no way of knowing, especially when you have to select items that are vital for progression, and it says push left on the D-pad. If you use the D-pad to move around in the collection, it took me so long to figure out what you actually have to do, and there is no way for you to like reference how the buttons translate over, how the controls translate over, which is wow. really... You know, maybe if you've played a ton of Genesis games translated over to modern platformers, you know, or modern platforms, that would work. But for newcomers, you know, that's a huge barrier to accessibility. Um, and like, so that's one thing. But here's the real, the real kicker with it. I think is just like how to, I would yeah, love to know the yeah. real kicker. Oh yeah, just like as you experienced with the remake, Cameron, there are two games that are included only in the limited physical edition, which is limited to 2,000 copies of the collection. These being Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap and Wonder Boy Monster's Lair, which are regarded as two of the very best games in the series, and you can't play them unless you get the strictly limited physical edition, which is absolutely stupid. stupid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Because literally, like, I've been reviewing this, but technically I'm not reviewing the full package. I'm only reviewing two-thirds right. of it. It's so, so dumb. Especially considering, like I mentioned earlier, you know, The Dragon's Trap is a fantastic game. Uh, the remake is already on Switch. Everybody should pick that up. It's great. But it would totally make sense to include it in this collection. I have no idea why they're leaving it out, but it's not just... Uh, the Dragon's Trap and Monster Lair that they're leaving out. They're also leaving out the regional variants of each game. So you only have the arcade version of Wonder Boy, and you only have the arcade version of Wonder Boy and Monster Land. But in the limited edition, you also have the Master System ports of those games included. You also have the Japanese versions of those games included, which are different from the Western versions. So there are all of those extras that really go a long way towards giving the series the attention it deserves, and instead they're locked behind a ridiculously expensive limited edition that goes for either you know $60 or $100, depending on how fancy wow. you want it to be. Which is which is so weird, because yeah. I feel like, on, on, like again, just on the, on the topic of collections, um, like when you, when you look at like the Disney collections, like the the Aladdin, like the one that comes with like uh, Aladdin and Lion King, like mm. like those ones do a great job of being like, here's the Super NES version, here's the Genesis, like it's right. all right there, you know, it's not locked behind, which whether you get it physically or digitally or whatever, it's all there. It is like any mm -hmm. version of the game you want to play. I don't know. It's a it's a shame that they yeah. decided to, to go that route. Like, yeah. it, it makes no sense. Yeah, because everybody who was going to buy a limited physical edition of the Wonder Boy collection was already going to buy that regardless of whether it included two extra games. You know, if you're a hardcore Wonder Boy fan, you don't need to have those two additional extras in there to buy the physical version with the fancy art and the art book and the... Um, box set and all that kind of stuff you're gonna get it anyway so it's really just needless like i love you know limited editions i think they're great for collectors but when you're locking content behind it and making it the standard edition literally inferior like that just goes against the whole purpose of a collection again because now you're making it firstly kind of like what we we're talking about with pac-man it's less convenient to experience all of these games they're less accessible and that hinders 
the history of the series, really, because less people right. are going to play these original versions of right. Monster Lair and Dragon Strike. Or they might be like, oh, I've heard the series is good. Let me look it up. Oh, hold on. Wait a second. I only get half the games if I would buy it. And they might be discouraged from, from checking mm-hmm. out what is, like, otherwise a very cool and, I would argue, historically significant series. Yeah, you know? it's very historically significant. I've very much been enjoying playing the collection because I've learned a bit more about the history of platformers, something that you yeah, don't hear I mean, a lot about because, you know, Mario and Sonic and those big, those larger brands dominate the narrative. It sure. played, Wonder Boy played an important role in the development of this genre, and it's really just a bummer that um, I think it's Indian Games that's handling the distribution of it, that they're going through all this needless complications in this collection. Because aside from that, it is a pretty solid collection. You know, it's nowhere near as fleshed out as other collections are like you know it doesn't have anything by way of the extras that are in the pac-man collection or in the second genesis collection mega man collections whatever but it's still solid ports of these four great games you know if you are a modern audience it has to be mentioned that you know the original arcade games definitely aren't the most um user-friendly or modern player-friendly games out there. There's a lot of random difficulty spikes because they're trying to gobble up your coins and all that kind of stuff. But um, if, if you're interested at all in the history of platforming, you know, this is an excellent package. It just, again, a shame that there are all there's all this baggage along yeah. with it. That is a, that is a shame. Um, but speaking to... Uh, so let, let me ask you, Campbell. How is the navigating from game to game uh, compared to the Pac-Man to Plus? Oh, oh, it is so, so simple and smooth. Literally, I just need to press the minus button. It pulls up a menu, and I can select the games from there. And As I should intended. be. Like, literally, I can intended. click on a game, and it says, like, do you want to start from the beginning, or do you want to load a save state? And then you can load a save state. There you go. And then once you're in the game, you can mess with the display options, whatever. But it is literally just a simple menu. Personally, I, I would have appreciated it if there was a little more um, substance to the menu. Like, it's literally just a list of games with a one-sentence blurb describing what the game is underneath it. Oh, sure. So it's kind of kind of bare bones. But frankly, you know, hearing what it's like to navigate the Pac-Man Museum Plus, (laughs) I appreciate how quick and easy it is to get from game to game. I should also mention Pac-Man Museum Plus has like game guides in every single game and like the screen sizes and everything that you could adjust. Like those are all great. The only thing odd about that game is, I don't know if Wonder Boy has this, but it has like a CRT filter and it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just bad. (laughs) Really? Well, what do you mean Yeah, for some reason it's like, it just doesn't look like a CRT. Like, it's one of those things you really have to look at yourself and you're just going to be like, that's that's not it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Wonder Boy does have a CRT filter and it's fine. I mean, I've never really judged my CRT filters at all because to me they're just novelties for the most part. Yeah, I don't care about them either. Yeah, so like I turned it on. I was like, yep, that looks kind of like a CRT. And then I switched yeah. it back to the default display options. But again, it's nice to have it there for those who Pixel want to perfect, like the way God yeah. intended. Mm-hmm. You guys don't even know what you were talking about, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, so Pixel funny. Perfect uh, is brilliant today, especially if you're playing Monster World 4, because the sprite work on that game is drop dead gorgeous. So. I, I, will, I will concede that point, uh, Campbell, because it is beautiful, and I wish that I had the chance to play it myself, but yeah. I don't. Um, Oof. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a it's a good collection. I'm uh, just just curious. Uh, 
just because Mark mentioned the price of the Pac-Man uh, collection. How, how much does this one cost, do you know? Give me one second to do some journalistic research. That's um, right. I, as usual, the journalistic research yes. of Googling uh, what does this cost. Yes. So a physical copy uh, for the default edition costs 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... I'm trying to pull up what the digital version is. It's not there. Mark, it's you not can there. cut... Mark, you can cut this out later. Of course. But one second. I'm on if Nintendo. I do. If I oh, choose god. to. Oh god. Work faster, wow. Campbell. I'm working on it. Okay, I'm on Nintendo. I'm on Nintendo.com, but because I already downloaded it, it doesn't show the price. Okay, it's Incognito also tab. Copy paste. Literally, that's just what I did. It is thirty bucks digitally as well. Oh really? So it's interesting. All right. Yeah. Well. So like technically, hmm. you know, considering that it's four really good games. I don't think that's too much of an issue no, no, in itself, but if you think about all the stuff that it's lacking in a, phys- in a limited edition that is only 30 bucks, 20 bucks more, you know, then it starts to not look as good, I think. So, yeah, it makes it a little, a little more hard to swallow. So, yeah, um, it's kind of the thing where it's like, if you are a Wonder Boy fan, you should definitely pick this up, or... If you are able to grab one of the limited editions, I think they're selling out quickly, um, then go for that. Um, but really, this the limitations here and the absences mean that it's a bit difficult to recommend for you know straight up newcomers to the series. But if you're interested for, in it from a historical standpoint, you know I, I'd still give it a thumbs up. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, again, having having only played um, that one game that I reviewed. Uh, Asha in Monster World. I, I I really did enjoy it. Um but if you if uh yeah, it's 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 very much like old school platformer if you like that kind of thing. Um it's kind of exp- it, it as Campbell alluded to, a lot of experimental stuff in this series, so like certainly worth checking out. Um So yeah, I, I guess we'll uh I guess we'll table it there with our discussion of these two collections of games. We're going to take one more break. We're going to come back with a little indie spotlight for you all and then we'll call it a night. So thank you so much for listening and stay tuned. So uh, we have a little indie spotlight for you. Uh, Mark and I have both been playing uh, the latest indie game from a company called Spiral Circus. Uh, this is They were showcased during the latest Nintendo Indie World Direct just a few weeks ago. And both all of us on this podcast, all three of us, I should say, not both of us, all three of us were struck by a game called Silt, uh, a very, uh, very beautiful-looking indie 2D kind of puzzle exploration uh, game. So uh, Mark and I have both been playing it. Um, I reviewed it for the website. Mark, what are your what are your thoughts on Silt? 
Uh, it's fine. The gameplay isn't ah. that. Um, yeah, it's the gameplay is not amazing, but it's like it's a good it's a good game. I'd sure I'd recommend it. I mean, it's very in line with that. Uh, like we said before, like Limbo and Inside yes. and that art style. It's very stylistic, which I love mm-hmm. about that. But mm-hmm. the uh, I I wish the gameplay. I just wish the puzzles and stuff was like a bit stronger. There, I completely agree with you. There is uh, listen. This is. Okay, I know we've talked about it on this podcast how I'm like I'm like the adventure game guy. Like uh, all everything I play is either like weird point and click adventure games that nobody's ever heard of, <laughs> or 2D platformers. <laughs> like these these are, these are my bread and butter, you guys. So like this kind of game, instantly I'm like, oh, it's under five hours. Oh, it's 2D <laughs> with beautiful art direction. Oh, like that's that's very much like that speaks to me on like a gut level. Um, but I do agree with you, Mark. There is, I feel, not to like bag on this game, I feel like we've been kind of on the negative slant on this mm-hmm. podcast. No, it's a good game. <laughs> it's I, a I good still, game. Like, I, I clear, actually would I really recommend it to people who yes. liked Inside and Limbo and those types of games. 100%. I, I, I am with you on this point, but I am going to like dig into it a little bit here. I do agree with you that it feels like there's maybe something, I don't know if it's something missing or like a missed opportunity or whatever you want to call it. I did feel a little unsatisfied with some of the puzzles in this game. Um, whether that's due to the puzzle design or like some glitches that I ran into or like just some weird like hit detection or I was like, I I feel like I have a solution to what I'm supposed to do, but the execution is like, I feel like I'm executing it perfectly, but the game for some reason or another is like, nope, you're dead. Like now you're getting sent back to the start of this puzzle. It's like, that's annoying. Um, how far did you beat this game, Mark? I did not sadly have the time. That's because okay. I've been That's reviewing okay. like listen, four other things. <laughs> we've been re- listen. It's 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 yeah. that time of year where like everything kind of happens all at once. Um, if if you're a student, you know it's like you're probably just finishing up your school year. Um, if you are an adult, all of your friends are getting married right now. It's it's that time of year. <laughs> um, as somebody who all of my friends are getting married and I just finished up my schoolwork, I can relate. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, uh, yeah, June, June, late, like late spring, early summer is always like kind of a like, oh my god, like why is everything happening right now? Um, so it's, it's, I understand that you didn't uh, weren't quite able to make it to the end. Um, I was able to beat this game. Uh, I did enjoy it. I it hit that sweet spot for me of like it's under. I probably beat this game in about two play sessions. I would say less than six hours total and there was definitely one puzzle that i that like i know i could have solved it faster if i was not a dumb dumb um so i would say this is probably like a four to five hour game overall um to me it's just right i i've read some reviews that were like oh it's a little too short to realize its full potential i like hardcore disagree i think it's exactly the right length for what it wants to be um it's kind of in and out like dazzles you with its incredible art style and then it kind of gets out of its own way i think that's fantastic um if you at all are into like tim burton like kind of like it's like kind of whimsical but also very eerie that's sort of the art style of this game um a little creepy a little macabre uh it's all hand-drawn by an artist named mr mead who is also the he's the art director of of this game uh it's a very small studio that made this game. It's their first game, Spiral Circus. It's just the the credits are like really, really small. Um, and the guy who does the art is like half the design team, Mr. Mead. Um, so definitely, definitely look him up. And if you, if you like 
his art style, I think you should 100% get this game. Because it, like, it's kind of one of those things where you'll, you'll look at his art and be like, oh... I vibe with this, or look at it and be like, "Oh, I hate this." And then, like, I think you'll know you'll know pretty quick, like which which camp you fall into. For me, it's like as somebody who grew up with like Nightmare Before Christmas and like those, you know, Corpse Bride, all that stuff. Like the art style very much was like very much spoke to me. I'll um, throw Frankenweenie's name in there because I really 100%, like that yeah, movie. Yeah, very Tim. That, yeah, that Tim Burton kind of like it's creepy, but it's also kind of cute. Like that's that's very much the art style. Mm-hmm. Although I think this leans a little more on the creepy side, especially. Oh if yeah, you definitely. Are, Especially if you are scared of the ocean like I am. Um, <laughs> oh, Tremendous fears. Yeah. Oh my so god, are you kidding? Is, Open water? Like, forget it, no. This is not um, a game for thalassophobic people, is what you're saying? <laughs> probably. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I know what that means. Um, scared of the ocean. Yes. But, well, yes. it's it's like, it's that, it's like if you're claustrophobic, because like, the spaces the the spaces you're exploring are very small and tight and constricted um like oftentimes you are being chased through narrow corridors by like horrifying sea creatures so it's like trying to swim away as fast as you can like that's a lot of the action in this game um the kind of the main mechanic it's interesting i know we we've we've compared it a lot to limbo and inside and this game to be clear this game is not a platformer because you are swimming, you are you have you can move up, down, left, right, like at your leisure. Um, there's no platforming to speak of in this game. Uh, it is it is more or less a 2D puzzle adventure, um, and that's kind of like how you know how can you solve those puzzles. So kind of the main thing you are doing in Silt is you have this ability to possess nearby uh, animal life, nearby sea creatures. Uh, with kind of this weird, like, spirit tentacle you can shoot out of your face uh, and kind of, like, morph into these other creatures. So one of the first things you do in this game is you absorb a... I don't know if it's, like, an anglerfish. Like, one of those, like, with a big lower, like, underbite. One of those, like, undersea fish with a huge bite. Um, You possess one of those and you chew through your your bondage and you escape and you're able to swim away. Like, that's a lot of the puzzles in this game is, like, all right, what is near me? What can I possess to kind of get a sense of my surroundings? Like a lot of times you're, you're possessing like not quite a hammerhead shark, but like a creature that can like bust through barriers or you, you there, there's one point where you have to go into the body of a little, um, it's like, it looks like a little plankton, you know, kind of like, like a weird amoeba shape and you kind of float through, but you can explode if you hold the button. So it's like, okay, how do I, how do I like move this little plankton over in it and blow up any obstacles in my way? Like there's some kind of fun puzzles to go through, and th- sort of the main objective is uh, you're you're trying to you're trying to find you know four MacGuffins. You're trying to find four uh, Goliath eyeballs, and these Goliaths are kind of these uh, kind of like they're kind of like bosses, I guess you could say. I know Mark, you you hit at least one or two of them, right? Yeah, of course. I hit the yeah. first two, but I wanted to say to you, Cameron, before you go any deeper. Sure, sure. Uh, no pun intended. But I was yeah. looking around on my shelf, pun. and I was like, "What is that carnivore fish's name?" And then I was like, "Piranha," because there's a piranha plant on my kind of uh, yeah, shelf. kind of kind of these. Par- <laughs> I mean, obviously, okay. Listen, I know that piranha is a freshwater fish. Like I know this, everybody. <laughs> so don't come at me. Um, this game is a fantasy game. All right, there's some fantasy fantastical elements uh, introduced. Uh, but yeah, it does. It looks exactly like a piranha. It's it's like the, the tiny little fish with a huge lower jaw. It looks exactly like a piranha. Um, so thank you for for pointing that out to me, Mark. Um, so yes, yeah, so you're trying to find these these Goliath eyes, and sort of the way you do that is you 
overcome these Goliaths in in kind of a kind of a puzzle battle. So like for again, I'm not going to spoil too much of this game, but like one of them, um, it's like a huge, it's almost like a hermit crab. Um, it's like this huge like trash monster with big pinchers. Um, and if you get too close to it, it'll, it'll pinch you and kill you, and you have to start the, the fight over. So what you have to do is, like, okay, you have to kind of observe your surroundings. You notice that, like, okay, there's a there's an electric eel, and there's also, like, a, a little fish that can teleport. So it's like, okay, if I possess the electric eel, I could distract this Goliath by lighting up a light over here. And then if I possess this little teleport fish, I can, like, teleport to the other side of the map, and then maybe I can try to gouge out its eyeball. Like, there's it, kind of these fun little solutions like that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. Like once you find the solutions, it does have that dopamine hit of like, yes, I solved it. Like incredible. Um, you're constantly being rewarded with like really unsettling visuals and like cool new creatures at every turn. Um, it's very rare that I play a game and I'm like, wow, the backgrounds are incredible. And, and this game like has that, like even if you're just swimming around like a perfectly normal area, the borders, the backgrounds, every little thing looks very carefully considered. Um, it's a beautiful looking game, and it looks really good in action. Um, we, Mark and I both played it on the PlayStation, so I can't speak to what it looks like on Switch, but I imagine this is the perfect kind of game on the Switch. I, I recently beat Inside on the Switch a few weeks ago, and like this very much is, is in that family of like kind of messed up. Uh, puzzle game, and it's like those. Are, I love playing that kind of stuff on my Switch, you know. So it's like I could I could see it having a, a perfect uh, home there. So I, if if this if this trailer spoke to you from the Indie World Direct a few a few weeks ago, like it's it's very much get it, get it, get it. Like again, I would say look up look up the artist, Mister Mead. If you'd like his art style, you should play this game. Um, if you liked Gris from a few years ago, mm-hmm. like you'll probably like this game. If if Limbo was very much your vibe, then like a hundred percent you will like this game. Um, I don't know that it has like a ton of replayability. There are, there are it some definitely yeah, it does not from what yeah, I yeah. There, there's like some collectibles to find. I I imagine they unlock like an alternate ending or like a secret cutscene or something like that. I unfortunately was not able to uh, hit all of those in my playthrough. But um, I know it's one of those games where it's like you could probably play through it once or twice and then have kind of a good like, all right, like I did it. I don't think there's anything like super secret to unlock. But, it, you know, for, for like a playthrough or two, for, a, you know, a couple of play sessions, I, I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some it, annoying uh, bugs, though, that uh, made me put yeah, down the controller on, for a while. Yeah, yeah. It, it crashed on me at least once. I know, Mark, you had a few bad crashes yeah, I kept accidentally when you use like your possession ability. Yeah. Uh, if the piranha or whatever the heck I was controlling got killed, the game crashed for me. Oh, it, like no. soft locked. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It it kept happening to me for some reason. I don't know why, but I think it got fixed in an update. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Again, yeah. we, we we were both playing. I mean, to be clear, we we both played this game a week in advance, so it dropped today. Um, so it's, it's, we, we might've been playing like an early build. Perhaps there's a day one patch or something like that. So it's hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's possible. Some of these issues we're mentioning have in fact, uh, been solved. I would, I would hope so. But, uh, again, a, a pretty strong first effort from the studio. I like, I would love to see more, um, more games in this style, please. Like weird, dark fantasy. Like I'm on board. Take me there. Um, it's, it's, it's nice to be transported to kind of, a 
kind of like a messed up storybook fantasy world. So I, I, I very much enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's Silt from Spiral Circus. Um, watch the trailer, look at Mr. Mead's art, and if you like it, like definitely get it. It's it's a pretty pretty cool experience. Uh, Campbell, are are you into this? I, I know you like. I know you're you're the indie games editor. Are are you gonna check this one out? Do you think? I think so because like literally you said, uh, it's like Inside. Oh, I love Inside. It's definitely like Limbo. I, I love Limbo. If you like Greece, you'll enjoy it. Greece is one of my favorite games ever so oh, nice. like literally it sounds like it scratches all the indie itches you might say and, uh, and the even... art looks fantastic too so like yeah i'm totally sold on the vibes of it the, the vibes saying. are the vibes are strong uh, i even mentioned uh, in my review campbell i even have a tiny little shout out to hoa um, just, just because I know, I know that you really enjoy that. Um, I did. Unlike two thirds of this podcast, I very much <laughs> loved Oh, <Hoa. laughs> Yeah, that one disappointed me. Yeah. Well, um, you two are wrong. Hoa was really good. But... There you go. Uh, so yeah, of course. Uh, again, a different. Again, because it's not a, it's not a platformer. To be clear, but mm-hmm, uh, right. in, in terms of like indie game with strong art direction sensibilities, that was kind of where more my mind went. Yeah, in my, comparing the two, my favorite genre of indie game. So, like, the best. yeah, definitely yeah. interested in picking this up for sure. There you go. Uh, well, if you do, you'll have to let us know what you think. Um, mm-hmm. of so I think that about does it uh, for the night, gentlemen, unless there's anything else we got to uh, got to cover. No no secret Sonic news dropped while we were recording, I don't think. Furiously um, checking news Twitter. at all this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll call it a night there. Uh, I'm, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing, including a review of Silt over on Goomastomp. Dot com. I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Find me at the Mark Cal. That, of course, is Mark with the C. Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, right now, up on the website, you can currently read my review for Pac-Man Museum Plus. I also will have a review up for Reggie Fismay's book. I'm a little late on it, but I've been doing an in-depth dive on it. And I also have my review for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi over on uh, TiltMagazine.net, our mm. sister site. So good. Can I- <laughs> Cannot wait to uh, to read your thoughts as the as that show goes on. Really enjoying it so far. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? You can find me over on Twitter at CampbellSGill, uppercase CSG, and at Goombastomp.com. You can find a written review of the Wonder Boy collection very soon, so keep an eye out for that. Love it. And NExpress is also on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpress Nintendo. Of course, we're available to download, rate, review, all those things on the podcast platform of your choice. More engagement means better things for, <laughs> for us hosts. So please rate, review, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>